Welcome to the Imago Day Eastside Gathering Podcast. Hello, Imago, and uh, welcome to the wrap-up of our series, We Are the Church. We've been listening to Mike and Rick talk about what it means to be the people of God in this moment. And I think it's important for us to consider that where we are right now, moments are almost never about the moment, are they? How we respond in a moment is usually what leads us to what a particular moment is about. So with that in mind, I want to begin what we're gonna talk about today with a story. Sometime in the 19th century, about five students were on their way to London. They had some time off from school and they went to hear the famed preacher, Charles Spurgeon, preach. So they get to the church and they're waiting for the doors to open. And this gentleman walks out and he asks them um, if they want a tour. And they're like, sure. So he starts to walk with them and then he says, do you want to see our heating plant? Which is kind of like saying, do you want to see the room where we keep the furnace? And the guys are like really not interested in that because it's July and it's hot outside, so they don't really want to see it, but they don't want to be rude to the guy, so they go, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go. So he takes them down the stairs. He takes them down a long staircase, and he takes them into this basement. When they get into the basement, he quietly opens this door, and to their surprise, the guys actually see 700 people bowed and praying about, you know, asking God to bless the service that was about to happen up in the auditorium. And then the gentleman quietly closes the door and he introduces himself to them. He says, that's our heating room. And I'm Charles Spurgeon. And so when we think about that, when we look at that, and you think about the fact that he's telling these guys that the place that's going to actually heat the place up, the thing that's gonna make the biggest difference in the auditorium are those 700 people downstairs in the basement praying it's important for us to see that in this last episode or session of our series on We Are the Church, I wanna talk about prayer. I know you guys get, you know, you might get sick of hearing me talk about prayer and I do talk about it a lot, but I do believe as, as the author of Everything in Prayer says, he says, if you wanna see how popular a church is, go to Sunday morning service. If you wanna see how popular the pastor is, go to a Sunday evening service. But if you wanna see how popular God is, go to the prayer meeting. We're wrapping up this series and it's important for us to, to know and to understand. Um, and again, I say it over and over, that prayer is the way we breathe in the spiritual life. Prayer is the way a church breathes. Prayer is the way the church breathes. And I think that most of the time when we think about prayer, we think of it as an individual pursuit, as something that we do just as a person. I go into my closet and then I pray and then I come out. But the truth of the matter is, is that there are all these images in scripture about prayer as it relates to corporate prayer. You look in Romans 12 when Paul says, present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, et cetera, et cetera. Well, when you see that passage, he says, present your bodies, plural, as a living sacrifice, one. And so the image is that we all are one. 
presenting ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. In Ephesians, it talks about how he's given some to be pastors and teachers and evangelists for the building up to help the people um, for the work of the ministry, but for the building up of the saints so that we all together are built up into one so that we are the body of Christ who is the head. And so the image is, is actually one of the church acting as one and acting together, and prayer is a large part of that. Ian Bounds, who is um, an author and, and a writer who wrote mostly on prayer, he says the power of the church to truly bless rests on intercession, on asking and receiving heavenly gifts to carry to men. As people and as the church and as, as a church, as Imago Dei, we're not just what we are. We are what we are given, what we are given by God, what we are given by God through the Spirit. We're not our talent. We're not those things. And through prayer, what we discover is that we have as a church, we have a common language. When the disciples ask Jesus to teach them how to pray, the first thing he says is what? Our Father. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day. Forgive us as we forgive others. And so when we think about that, this common language connects us to God and it's through prayer that we're connected to one another. In John 17, Jesus prays, my prayer is not for them alone, but I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you and I are one, may they also be one in us so that the world may know that you have sent me. Our Father, so that they might be one. It's important for us to understand that we have this common language in prayer that, that binds us together, that brings us together as one. But it's not just that prayer gives us a common language to use, but prayer also gives us our common identity. In Romans 8.15, it says, the spirit you have received doesn't make you slaves so that you will live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. And then in Galatians 4, 6, it says, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. And that sounds familiar because most of us will think, it, think back to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when he's praying and he says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will be done. So the phrase Abba Father literally means Father, our Father. And it's, it's not just looking at um, the phrase Abba Father is not just, you'll hear people say, well, when you say Abba Father to God, what you're saying to him is Daddy. But it's so much deeper and so much more and so much different than just what I say when I look at God. It really is a declaration of how God sees us. And Paul talks about our adoption as sons and daughters. So what it means when we cry out, when the spirit within us cries out, Abba, Father, when in prayer we actually take the position to be able to say, Abba, Father, what it actually means is that God looks at us and sees not just sons and daughters, but he sees sons and daughters that he loves the same way he loves his son, Jesus. 
So when we say Abba Father in prayer, when we say Abba Father at all, when the spirit within us says Abba Father, it is a declaration of what we have been given as sons and daughters. And so not only do we as the church have a common identity and we also have a common language, but through prayer, we also have a common prophetic voice. When we pray and when we claim God as Father, our Father, and when we say our Father who art in heaven, it's not just a matter of the relationship of fathers and sons. It is, it is the recognition of God as the authority in our lives. When we hear Jesus say, Abba, Father, in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, all things are possible for you, but not my will, but your will. When Jesus teaches us how to pray, when he teaches the disciples how to pray, not my will, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth. So why is this important? It's important because it's, it's through prayer that we receive and then live out our prayers, not just in the world, but our prayers are for the world, for the world to actually see that we want God's will to be done in the earth. We're different people with different politics, different families, different upbringings, different backgrounds, different races. We live in different places. We speak different languages. We're different in all of those ways. But what is common to us is prayer. What is common to us is that we have the voice of God in the earth, that in the earth we are saying, God, your will be done. When you look in the gospels and you see Jesus in what I think is just the bomb diggity, when he's flipping tables in the temple, when he goes in there, because I love that, that scene of Jesus going in there, we often read that and Jesus says, my father's house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Well, when we read that, we think, oh, it's a house of prayer versus a den of thieves because they were in the temple actually selling and marketing things for people to be able to use for sacrifices. Well, the truth of the matter is, is what they would have heard is not my father's house would be a house of prayer and that was all. They would have heard and understood that Jesus was actually repeating something that was spoken through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 56. I don't know if I have time to read all of it, but it's such a good passage. But one of the things that he says in there, he, he says at the beginning, of course, he talks about um, in Isaiah 56, he says, keep justice and do righteousness for my salvation is about to come. And then he, he goes on to talk about the foreigner and the eunuch and how important it is that, um, that they never say that God is not for them, that God has left them and that they're just a dying tree. Because God says to the eunuch who keeps my Sabbaths and, and chooses to please me and hold fast to my covenant, even to them, I will, give, in, I will um, give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and daughters, better than that of people who are born to a person. I will give them an everlasting name and it shall not be cut off. That's what it means for the spirit to cry out, Abba, Father. It means that we are better than physical sons and daughters to God, that what we are is we are his. We belong to him. We are, as Peter says, we are his, his treasured possession. 
And so in this passage, when we look at this, when he gets to, he gets to this passage where he says of the eunuch and of the foreigner, he says, those who join themselves to the Lord, he says, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. He says, their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house here it is, shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Jesus's problem with the Pharisees in the temple was less about the fact that they were selling than it was about the fact that they were discriminating against people who were out there, who didn't have the money, who couldn't afford it, foreigners. They were actually discriminating against people. And so when God says, my house will be a house of prayer, what he is saying is that when you declare the name of God, when you call God Abba Father, when you say you are my father and your will be done, what you are saying, not just in the earth, not just in the world, but to the world, what you're saying to the world is that our God is a God of justice. Our God is a God of peace. Our God is a God who welcomes all nations. It's not an accident that the first church happened where there were people with different races and different backgrounds and different, different stations in life who all received the Holy Spirit and began to speak and that there were people who heard them of all different nations and all different kinds who heard them in their own language because the Holy Spirit fell on each of them and all of them. But through that prayer, through the time that they were spending in prayer and in calling out to God, they became unified and they became one. And we, as the people of God, are called a house. We are the temple of God. We are that house of prayer. We are that house of prayer for all nations. So the question that I have today is, do we look like that house? Because you see, the moments are never about the moments themselves, but rather how we respond in the moment actually leads us to what the moments are about. We are a uniquely prophetic voice in the world. The world is acting like the world is supposed to act. We look at the world and we go, it's a mess. It's horrible. It's terrible. It's, on, it's been on that trajectory since the garden. But we are the church and we are called to be a uniquely prophetic voice in the world. We are called to be able to speak to all of those different factions without being owned by any one of them. And when we pray, that gives us our common language. And when we pray, we pray knowing that we have a common identity in God. And when we pray, we know that what we are praying is according to the will of God and that our desire is that his will be done, that the kingdom come to earth and that, that it meet us right here in this place. So what does our church look like? What are we doing in our communities? Are we a house of prayer at Imago? Even if right now we have so much division in the church, is Imago going to be a house of prayer? Are we going to be a house that is unified and united and uniquely prophetic and speaking the same language? One of the things that I'm really excited about is that as the people of God at Imago Day community, that we get to pray for our community and for the, the businesses around in our community. I mentioned this at Covenant Community Gathering, that we are going to, for anybody who asks, we're going to have cards. We're gonna send you a packet of cards, a packet of 10, unless you want more, then I'll send you more. But this card 
it says hello neighbor on the front. It could also say COVID sucks, but that wouldn't be quite as dignified as hello neighbor or biblical, right? So I want you to take these cards around your neighborhood, walk your neighborhood, pray for the businesses in your neighborhood, pray for the people who own those businesses, and then leave this card. On the back of the card, it says, hi, I'm Michelle. I live in the neighborhood and I want you to know that I've been praying for you and your business. You're a necessary and appreciated part of this community. And I hope your family and your business come through this challenging season better and stronger. We look forward to doing business again with you soon. If you have any specific prayer needs, my church, Imago Day Community, would be happy to have someone call or email you. Please don't hesitate to reach out at prayer at idcpdx.com. This is who we're called to be in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in the world. The world should be able to see that they don't, um, that they don't have to be a particular anything for us to care and for us to pray. The literal breathing of a church is its prayer life. We are a church that wants to pray. We are a church that needs to pray. We are a church that is going to pray. And if that's you, then bow your heads with me right now and pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that Imago Day is a church that appreciates prayer. I thank you for every team that has been praying during this, this COVID outbreak, during this racial unrest in this community, Lord. I thank you for the people who have been praying on teams for Portland as a city, for the United States as a country, for the world, for people across the water, for people across the street. I thank you that we are a church that cares about those things. Father, as we move into taking communion and praying and remembering the sacrifice that you made, Lord, on the cross, help us to remember and be reminded that through prayer, through our breathing, through our coming boldly to your throne, to humbly receive your grace through intercession, through confession, through all of the things that we do in prayer, through lament, through praise, through worship, through all of it, Lord, that we would stay connected to you that we would stay connected to one another and that the world would see that we are one, that we are a people who speak a common language, that we are a people who have a common identity in you and that we are a people who are determined to be a prophetic voice in the world. Father, I pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus, and I thank you for all that you are to us and do through us. Amen, amen.